Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. So this is just a number of incidents with Jesus. And Luke 18 from 15 says, Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. So, I think it's really a very important, um, it's a very important um, concept in our love for Jesus, in our walk with God, that we are able to receive God's word like a little child. And, And so, we taught the last time we were together about drilling a deeper hole about letting these scriptures, which seem so childlike, but are literally the deepest sayings in all of human history, and, and, and think about them and brood on them and, and let that Derek, let that drill go down deep into you to see exactly what Jesus means generally but is asking personally of you, right? So they brought him infants that he might touch him, but when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. He is an important guy. Leave him alone, right? Keep those kids away from him. You know, he's got important work to do here. He's going to save the world. You know, he's leading um, a great movement of, of our religion and we're going to conquer the world, because that was what their idea of Messiah was. He's going to conquer the world, get these kids out of here. But Jesus said, listen, I want to show you something really important about the kingdom of God here. I want to show you something that's really important about the kingdom of God here. That if you don't get this, you don't get me that you don't need a PhD to understand me. As a matter of fact, I'd rather you be more like them. You know, 
Growing up, kids have no problem believing in Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. No, they just believe. They believe in magic. They have the, the, the best books. I used to write, read to you guys, right? Narnia Chronicles and Stephen Lawhead books and things like that. And I'd have, the, my four boys would be around me. I think Sharon was a little too young. The four boys would be around me, everybody laying in a different position in the living room with their feet up on the couch and laying on the floor. And you could see they were in the world that I was reading of. You could see there was something close to faith in telling a story to a child and a child's um, ability to buy into it, right? And I wasn't telling them this is a true story, you guys. This is a story by C.S. Lewis or, you know, Stephen Lawhead or somebody like that, a Christian author, you know? And my kids talk, to, talk about it to this day. They, all of my children read to their children because they realize that the kind of influence it had on them. And Jesus said, that's how I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to this book. And I want you to read about me. And I don't want you to question if it's true or not. I want you to receive it as a little child. I want you to receive me as a little child. I want you to have faith. And then you can receive. Because if you don't have that, if you're all just twisted up with questions, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. He said you have to become as a little child to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I do believe that some, there, are, there are ways that people and intellectually get to that spot and all that kind of thing, but I don't think that it's necessary. I think that it's more necessary to look around and see what this universe is made of and say it has to have been made from something. So your faith is about your faith, is about believing this book and coming to the place where you can believe this book and letting it drill down deep. And that will take years of your life, by the way. That will take years of your life to let it drill down deep. What does it mean that I have to become like a child? God actually spoke, spoke to me, I know, I hope, hopefully I'm not taking you too far out into the weirdo zone, but when I was a young Christian, God spoke to me, and he, I had a Bible in my hand, he said, either you're going to believe the whole thing, every word, every comma, every, every period, every, you know, jot and tittle, or throw the whole thing away, because you will never live long enough to decide what is and what isn't from God in this book. So I said, okay, I take it. I'll take the whole thing. And then from that point forward, honestly, I've never questioned the Bible again. Not that I couldn't, and not that I haven't read books and, and read apologetics and things like that, why the, the scriptures are sound and we can believe them intellectually, but I received it by faith. So Jesus is saying, listen, come to me as a child. Do not forbid the children from coming to me. And the day you got saved, whether you were 99.9 .9 years old, the day you got saved, you're a little babe. You're a little babe. You get saved when you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. You're a little babe. 
and then you just take it and believe. And Jesus will never steer you wrong. Amen? Okay? Surely I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will not by no means enter it. Now, listen, man, Jesus is hardcore. Jesus is hardcore. Verse 18. Now, he's going into another... Luke is writing this, and he's going into another aspect of Jesus' ministry. A certain ruler... Now, we we read in that authority figure, a ruler, some authority figure on some level, either it was a religious ruler or a secular ruler, it doesn't really say, but we're assuming that he's um, a Jewish guy because of the, the text here. A certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one was good that is God. No one, no one is good but one. That is God. Now Jesus, don't forget, Jesus is in disguise. He's in his human uniform. The Son of God is in disguise, dressed as a human. Because he is God. But this man has no way of knowing this. But this man is putting himself on Jesus' level. He's saying, good teacher. The ruler was assuming, and he was, in fact, patronizing Jesus, which he had no reason to do. You say that to endear yourself to someone. You say that as, you know, holy man of God. The ruler was assuming and patronizing Jesus, which he had no reason to do. He didn't personally know Jesus, uh, he, he knew other than he was a popular religious figure. He was putting himself in an equal place with Jesus. He was self-righteous in calling himself good teacher because he's saying, I'm like you. We're, we're on the same level. Good teacher. Um, and Jesus says stuff like, why do you call me good? Because he's trying to pull something else out here. You understand that, Right? Jesus is not answering that way because he just wants to, you know, play with the guy. He's actually got a teaching happening here. There's a, there's a teaching moment happening here. A person who says, good teacher, has put himself on the good teacher's level and never examined the flaws in his own soul which Jesus is going to help him find because he's cool in Jesus. Verse 20 says, uh, so Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good. That is, no, no one is good but one. That is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And the rich young rulers said, all these things I have kept from my youth. I'm all those things. I'm all those things. See, I'm like you. I'm all those things. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. 
Verse 23 says, but when he heard this, he became, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. You see, he never looked at his own flaws. When, when you are wealthy in a particular area, I don't think it has to be just that you have a lot of money or you have a lot of possessions or you have a lot of uh, material wealth. I think you can have a lot of, you know, uh, different elements of the horizontal world that we live in. And you will know that you can handle any problem that comes along. And you can even be a good person. Be a good person. You know, you can, like, tithe and be a good person and, you know, still get along fine. You can handle all of your earthly problems. So you will never have to look up for help. You will never need to look to the heavens for help. You see? And that's the problem with having an affection for wealth. Having an affection for wealth. He suddenly made this guy really sorrow. Listen, we are, we are focused in our culture. We are focused on wealth. You know, it's the lotto, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, win, make money, how do, you know, schemes and scams and, you know, everything is sort of wealth-oriented because we're lovers of money. Because when, you know, the, the proverb even says this, Proverbs says, money answers all things, Right? So we become hungry for money, but the only thing that that really does, it keeps us from drilling deep in our own selves and finding out what our own flaws are so that we can be corrected by Jesus. Does that make sense to you? That's not to, listen, I'm not asking to live in a one-room shack either. Right? I mean, there's a standard of living that, that we consider to be you know, sort of normal. Um, but there is also a love for money that, that's, that comes to the place where it's not righteous. It's either you have your money or your money has you. Right? You have your money. I have my money and I don't have such a love for money. You know, and usually when you're a younger Christian, God will do this to you. He'll have, he'll have you at least once, like sort of clean out your bank account. You know, he'll have you at least one time just sort of give so it hurts. Give painfully so it hurts. So you know that the money doesn't own you and you can walk away and say, good. Now I'm going to depend on Jesus. Does that make sense? Yep. I don't want you to be poor. I don't want you to give this church all your money. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't say, give me your money. Sell all you have and give me your money. He didn't say that. He said, sell, he said, sell everything you have and distribute it to the poor. Right? So you can't, you know, talk about him being some money-hungry guy or something, right? The young man couldn't do it. Verse 24, Jesus saw that he became, he saw that Jesus became sorrowful. Jesus became sorrowful. He said, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier than a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. It's impossible. He was saying it's impossible for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It's impossible. It cannot be done. Because why? I'm going to look for my, I'm going to look for the answers to life in the horizontal realm, never the vertical realm. Yes? Um, <laughs> it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who can be saved? Right? Who can be saved? <laughs> Jesus is not easy peasy. Jesus is not easy peasy. He sets a high standard for those who love him. This is not the law. This is how somebody who's, really, who's saved by Jesus Christ, this should, be, this should come out of our gratitude for the gift of eternal life. We're so grateful to Jesus that nothing compares with him. I'll give away everything I own and follow him because nothing compares with him. So Jesus is setting this high standard. So, so, so the, the, the guys, the 12 guys following him, right? Tripping over each other and stuff like that. They, those who heard it said, who then can be saved? It's almost impossible to be vertically focused when one is wealthy on the earth. When tribulations appear, a person will always exhaust their horizontal resources and, and not even have God genuinely in their eyesight or genuinely dependent on God's ability to heal and bless. Verse 27, but he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. If that doesn't flip your brain upside down, nothing will. If that just doesn't flip your brain upside down, you, it's harder for a rich man to go through, you know, to, uh, to go, or a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So who could possibly enter the God? Well, with men, all those, those kind of things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. So now, where am I? Right. I'm right at the beginning again. I've just gone in a circle. Right. So I can't be rich and enter the kingdom of God. You say, well, you're saying I have a chance. <laughs> right? It's important. It's important to know where your heart is. Jesus said, I want to drill a hole here. I want to take a test. I want to send down one of those core things and I want to pull it back up and I want to see what's in your heart in this area. I want to take my microscope and look at it, you know, and, and see that it's life-bearing or not. It's mysterious because he says, he's kind of, Jesus does this a lot, by the way, he says two things. Does that mean the Bible contradicts itself? No. It means Jesus wants you to drill deep. Yeah. Both are true. Then Peter said, because Peter's the big mouth guy, right? Peter's the guy that's going to, he is. Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. <laughs> Mr. Rich Man over here, he didn't give up his money. We have 
But Peter wasn't rich to begin with. He was working in his father's fishing business, right? And Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. So he said, Jesus said, assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come, eternal life. I'm going to tell you something. If you follow Jesus, it's going to cost you some people. You know what the blessing is right now in this present time? You. We are in us. We are not a me. Your relationship with God is not a me. Your relationship with God is in us. It's community. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. We are an us. We are a community of believers. What do we get in this present time? Each other. You have needs, we meet them, right? We have needs, you meet them. How many people's needs have we met in this church since we've been here? How many special offerings have we taken? How many work parties have we gone on? So, all right? So they're, you're, they're, your rewards are great from Jesus. Don't ever, don't ever not think your rewards, and we're not talking about moral perfection. We're talking about striving toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Philippians says. Verse 1 in that same chapter, then he took the 12 aside and said, Behold, we are going to Jerusalem, and all the things are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles, he will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. You see how Jesus could say something? Now in the rearview mirror, we see exactly what Jesus was talking about. But when you're coming up on a spot and he says, listen, this is what's coming down, you don't have any way to understand what Jesus is saying, that there can actually be God, that God could actually be involved in something as horrific as this, as, as the crucifixion of his own son. So they shrug, go on. Must be a mystery. I'll take that. See, everything is a mystery, but when we drill down, if the mystery starts giving up life, right? We start laughing. We start laughing because Jesus Christ is Lord. He was never not Lord. He was never not by your side. He was never not there to rescue you. You may not have called out to him, but he wants to rescue you. He wants to answer your prayers and fulfill your dreams and your needs. He has a calling on your life that's different than the calling on my life or anyone else's life. He has awesome things that are going to fulfill you like you've never been fulfilled before. You're going to feel like you're standing on top of Mount Everest because God has used you to do something that no one else could do. It's your call. It's your success. And it's through Christ. That's what Jesus wants from us. 
Ah, it's good. Luke 19 from verse 41 says, now, this is, he's entering down into Jerusalem now. He's on a hill overlooking Jerusalem. This is the week before he dies on the cross. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city, and he wept over it. Jesus weeps over the city of Jerusalem. He's coming into town. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead. He's coming into the town. They're, they're doing the, the Palm Sunday thing. They're putting the palm branches down before him, and they're crying out, Hosanna in the highest. He comes to this place where the city opens up before him, and he begins to weep. Say, he said, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave you one, one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. That's so heavy, because you will, uh, anybody who knows history at all knows that Jerusalem was level in 70 AD. I mean, that literally came to fruition, you know, within 70 years, right? But what Jesus is saying, this is your day of visitation. Today is your day of visitation. Since God sent the Holy Spirit back, right? Peter, his whole discourse in Acts chapter 2, he says, this is to your children and to their children, even to all who are afar off. This is your day of visitation. And your eyes can be closed to the fact that Jesus is here in our presence right now, wherever two or three of us gather together, he's right here in our midst. You can know that. You can cry out to him for your needs to be met, for your faults to be cleansed, all of those kind of things. Or you can just miss your day of visitation. You can walk in and out with the other church people, and there are going to be some people like us who when we stand before God, he's going to say, I never knew you. Excuse me? Who are you? I never knew you. And you're going to say, listen, I went to church. You know, but I never knew you. I never allowed you to enter into me, to drill down deep within me, to become so intimate with me that you know everything about me and you've revealed many things about yourself to me. The Bible says now we know in part, but then we'll know even as we are known. You see, it has to do with taking Jesus' words, taking the word of God and allowing it to cleanse and wash and renew you. Because then you learn to walk as a child of God. Strong, resolute, humble of heart, generous, kind. And that's all I have to say about that. I think it's very, very important that we come to the place where we're spending time every day knowing Jesus in a deeper, in a more profound way. All right, Father, in Jesus' name, we do love you. Yes. Lord, let us follow your word. Let Luke 18 haunt us in the most righteous, wonderful way.
we bless you, we, we love you, we serve you uh, in every way possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey there, this is Jake Johnson, and I want to thank you today for listening to our podcast, On Fire Radio. We pray that this word has ministered to you today, and maybe today God has shown you your need for Him in your life. John chapter 8, and in verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus makes us free from our sin. If you need to make Jesus first in your life today and be set free, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins today and ask that you would cleanse me with your blood. I place you first in my life and ask that you would give me the power of the Holy Spirit. I walk forward this day in a new relationship with you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to encourage you to start reading your Bible. You can even download the YouVersion Bible app on your mobile device and start a plan for new believers. Start a prayer life as well and start carving out time in your day to spend time with God. And I want to personally invite you to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We have service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 629 Main Street in Margaretville, New York. Powerful worship, dynamic teaching, and an encouraging time of fellowship. On Fire Radio is a ministry of Catskill Mountain Christian Center and is brought to you free online and on the radio each week because of generous donations from listeners like you. You can partner with us in serving God's vision for this area by donating online at our website, www.cmcconline.org. On behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and we'll see you in church.